This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This week's episode of Screen Talk is brought to you by Detroit, the new film from the Academy Award-winning director of The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, which tells the untold true story of the Algiers Motel tragedy during the 1967 rebellion. Starring John Boyega, Anthony Mackie, and Algie Smith, Detroit is in theaters August 4th. And come on, it's Catherine Bigelow. You know these movies. You know it's going to be intense and worth watching. So please, check it out. Welcome to a very special edition of Screen Talk, the fall preview edition of sorts. We're looking ahead to September and everything after that. And the way that it's going to play such a big role in the conversations about movies at the end of the year. Uh, I'm Eric Cohn, the deputy editor-in-chief critic, joined as always by our editor-at-large, Ann Thompson. And Ann, one of the things that's so uh, kind of uh, menacing uh, or daunting about the fall is that... You know, you menacing. Have, that's <laughs> interesting that you use well, that word. <laughs> it, you can see the, the, the clouds on the horizon, you know? It's like there's... Why there's are some, you using uh, all of this portentous, ominous language. I'm excited. Let me explain. Because we already know a lot of good stuff. And then we know that there's a lot of other stuff that's about to come along. So whatever you thought was happening could be fundamentally changed. Or those clouds could roll through. You see a bunch of forgettable movies and then you're stuck with the same things that you had to do before. So I'm, I'm not well, totally you could look at it another. That's a, that's a good way of right. looking at it, but there's also, you know, some of these things are proven and they're going to be major, you know, factors. Yeah, they, I mean, know? we know. And some of them, and then there are all these unknowns where we're sort of excited on paper, but they could all turn out to be disappointments. That's sure. part of what you're uh, saying. Yes, exactly. And, and so I guess I, in, there, there's some stuff that I find really exciting about the Falls Festival season, and it usually has to do with the films that, we're expecting for a long period of time. You know, like anybody else, I can't wait to see Blade Runner 2049 or, you know, something like uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Thread, which is a December 25th release. But, you know, these are these are just, you know, a couple of movies in the midst of a whole bunch of stuff. So, and they're not going to be in the fall film festivals. As far as we as know. As much we know. Unless, as as uh, we... unless PTA suddenly turns up at Fantastic Fest or something. But but True in the story. meantime, we you know, we've gleaned that there's that, that uh, you know, Blade Runner, uh, Wonder, uh, Wonder Wheel, uh, movie. you know, all the money in the world, this Ridley Scott kidnapping drama for, about John Paul Getty that just got added to the schedule, you know, the current war, which is at the very end of December, these are unlikely. These are not gonna show up at the at the fall festivals. But there are a few films that we, we know for pretty much for a fact. Uh, are, we've seen earlier in the year the, the kind of responses that they've gotten, and it seems pretty likely that they're going to resurface and still get a lot of acclaim. One of them is Call Me By Your Name from Luca Guadagnino, uh, which was this really big sensation at Sundance. An interesting fit for that movie. I mean, I would have thought that it can, given that it's this sort of Italian romance, very expressionistic, would have played very well there. But, but Sundance was still a good launch pad for it. It popped worn, very worn nicely. Out. So they're, they're Sony Pictures Classics, they brought that to 
the festival and they're going to reintroduce that to people. That seems like a dead, you know, that'll be in a lot of, a lot of festivals. Now, as you know, there's Venice, which, which I think, you know, will probably get mother for example, because, because, you know, Darren Aronofsky always takes his stuff there. I I would imagine that George Clooney will show up there and join his buddy, Matt Damon, because downsizing is going to be there and, and, and Suburbicon could go there too. So there's going to be a whole party going on in, in Venice. And then almost simultaneously over Labor Day weekend, you know, I would imagine that Alexander Payne will schlep over the uh, ocean <laughs> back to Colorado because he always goes to tell you. Oh yeah, I mean, he basically is like part of their programming committee. Exactly. So and downsizing, I know you saw some some footage from it, but it, I've talked to some people who've seen it, and it sounds amazing. I mean, just it's a movie that he wanted to make for such a long time, and it sounds like it's just a really wacky kind of satire, like an Alexander Payne movie on a bigger scale with a really strong Kristen Wiig performance. It's like. What more does it take to sell people to go see a movie these days than, you know, uh, special effects in a different kind of way? I mean, it's just like that's it just sounds like a well, it's the incredible uh, shrinking couple, you know, yeah. Matt Damon and and Kristen Wiig. So that should be that should be fun to to see. Yeah, what I saw was really funny and looked great. Um, but there's a whole bunch of stuff coming, you know, Mudbound and and Mudbound, another like, one that has to be kind of reintroduced to people. And it's a Netflix thing. And so what I'm understanding is that the Netflix people are taking it around to all the different festivals because they want to give it a profile that they won't get since they're only going to play it in theaters for a week. Oh, boy, you know? isn't that an awkward conversation to be had? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you've, been have, you've been having it a lot lately. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, and it, it's just it's an interesting question, though, because it will still have a strong festival identity, but then there's the whole theatrical Okja. thing. You know, Okja kind of worked. You know, it did. Okja got a, an idea, a festival identity in Cannes and, and a, a, a theatrical identity for a short period of time. And, 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 and it became a big buzzy title on Netflix. So there, there was something to be said for th- what they did on that movie. And I think they're figuring out that festivals are one way for them to uh, take advantage of, of, of what would be theatrical buzz. So speaking of uh, some of the other festival highlights, uh, you have Sebastian Lelio's transgender film a fantastic woman mujer fantastica which i didn't see because i wasn't at berlin this year but i did see his last film gloria when it was there and i'm a big fan of his work and i like gloria uh, a lot and the fact that it's got you know transgender actress and there, there's got to be some potential here and i'm sure that this is another sort of classics title they'll be wanting to reintroduce that one on the circuit uh, and another film to look out for from roughly the same period of time was the highlight of South by Southwest, which was James Franco's The Disaster Artist, the trailer for which seems to be playing really well for people. Uh, James I was, Franco in his sweet spot as a goofy weirdo. I mean, I saw this movie at South by Southwest. It's so much better than what probably a lot of people assumed it would be. He's, he's really good as Tommy Wiseau, the kind of crazy character, sort of an Ed Wood type who made that awful movie, The Room. But he also directed it, and some of us have actually watched most of Franco's directing efforts. They're kind of all over the place. This is a very clear-headed movie, and I think the combination of those two factors, that he's good in the movie, and it's a well-made movie, Seth Rogen produced it, and he's in it too. It's like funny, but also kind of charming, and they're releasing it as basically, like in December, as almost like their holiday movie. 
I think it's gonna. I think it could play really well. And A twenty four. Yeah, those guys know what they're doing. Obviously. Yeah, they do. So, and, and you know, then we have some other things that we all have talked about: the Florida Project and Wonderstruck and Killing of a Sacred Deer and Loveless and Happy End and one hundred twenty beats per minute and the Rider. The Rider's one I didn't see, and I'm sure there are a lot of other people who I saw the Rider. Yeah, the Rider. It's a, it's a very small, quiet movie. Uh, you know, not a lot of dialogue, but it's basically about this kind of lonely ranch hand, and it's all, you know, non-professional actors, so it's it's sort of a familiar kind of American naturalism if you watch a lot of those kinds of things, but it's very well done. I get why it won Director's Fortnight. I don't think it's going to be a big fall movie, but it'll I'm sure it'll get a good reception at the festivals. I mean, uh, there, there's lots of other stuff. You know. All right, well, let's move into some of the, the... There's also this movie, Joaquin Trier's Thelma, which yes. is actually going to debut in August in Norway, and then it will presumably hit the festivals here, and um, it, it sounds really cool. Well, about- you know, he's such an interesting filmmaker because usually he makes these like kind of quiet dramas, you know, Louder Than Bombs or... Um, Oslo, August. I mean, these are, he's now kind of using those same abilities to, for a genre film, which he's never done before. I talked to a lot of people who saw this movie when it was being shown to buyers, and they thought it was really good. It was just, like, obviously an issue of, you know, how much do you want to spend on a Norwegian genre film? So, in any case, it went to The Orchard, and I'm sure they have high hopes for it. He's a talented director, so the idea of him working the sci-fi genre is, is really exciting, so... Yeah, no, I'm curious. And then, then we get the world premiere. So, so the things we're sort of looking for include uh, Danny Strong's Rebel in the Rye, starring Nicholas Holt as J.D. Salinger, which IFC has, and Mike White's Brad Status, which Annapurna is going to release, starring Ben Stiller as a guy who uh, goes with his son on, on a college tour. That sounds pretty funny, honestly. I mean, First of all, it's been too long since we got a, another Mike White movie, so you got to take that factor into play. And also, Stiller's doing pretty well in the past year. He's really funny in the new Noah Baumbach movie. So he's kind of back on steady ground after the whole Zoolander thing, and, and this seems like more of that. So yeah, going to and, embrace uh, that. I'm looking forward to uh, Battle of the Sexes with Emma Stone and, and uh, Steve Carell. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. But Dayton and Ferris. <laughs> Well, I hope I, it's good. I like those guys. I like yeah, them. me too. Yeah, they're good filmmakers. Victorian Abdul looks like a sort of soft lob down the middle with Judy Dench as, as the Queen uh, Victoria yeah. from Steve Frears. Yeah, you know what to expect there. Yeah, I think so. Whereas Stronger with Jake Gyllenhaal, it's like the other Boston Marathon movie. I think that's kind of interesting. It's uh, directed by David Gordon Green, who doesn't usually deal with these kinds of stories, so... You know, whatever he did with this material and with Joan Hall, I think it's going to be curious to, to see how it plays. I mean, you know, it's a real question mark in any case. Yeah, and then you have Liam Neeson as the guy who, who was Deep Throat, Mark Felt. Um, I don't know what to make of that either because Peter Landesman did Concussion. Um, mm-hmm. Which wasn't that great, but uh, it's SPC top, it's topical, as it. Know. Yeah, no, it could be good. Um, he's sort of a journalist toward turned filmmaker, so you know he 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 uh, he probably knows his stuff. I can't wait to see the Aronofsky. Obviously, super secretive. I've, I've been hearing the Aronofsky is just like showing it to so few people, and and yet also trying to you know get it booked in festivals and all kinds of innovative ways. So it's you know he wears the producer hat and the filmmaker hat 
at the same time. So you have to wonder, however he's going to get it out there, it's going to be surprising and, and different. And, the, and Paramount seems to be allowing him to kind of have his way. I mean, you look at the poster for that, and it's like the craziest film poster of the year. So, you know, uh, the movie probably will follow suit. And it's Jennifer Lawrence who can basically do whatever she wants now. So. She can do no wrong. Um, okay, and then we have uh, Breeze, which is opening the London Film Festival, and it's Andy Serkis's directorial debut. And this is... Um, uh, basically Andrew Garfield is a guy who gets polio and he's in love with Claire Foy and it could go either way. <laughs> yeah, you just don't know with that sort of thing. But Bleecker Street will be putting it out so clearly they see some kind of possibility for that. And then, like you mentioned earlier, George Clooney's got Suburbicon, always as, almost as interesting a filmmaker, if not more so, than as he is a, an actor. So, you know... Who knows, right? He's hit or miss, though. Yeah, no, it's Sometimes true, delivers but... and he sometimes doesn't. And then uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this Dan Gilroy follow-up to Nightcrawler, Roman Israel Esquire with Denzel Washington. Um, it's, it's set in the 70s. He's got like a big fro uh, and big lapels. <laughs> I just hope there's real thrills to this because if it's just like a legal thriller it's hard to imagine the same kind of uh, intensity. intensity exactly that's the word I was going for so but who knows maybe he's got all kinds of range Nightcrawler was the first feature after all so well the Fox Searchlight one that I'm looking forward to is this one with Francis McDormand uh, three billboards outside Ebbing Missouri which yes. has a great trailer um, it, and she's just angry as hell you I mean, know it's Martin McDonough one of the great kind of twisted playwrights working today who also makes really fun movies like Seven Psychopaths. You know, like, he doesn't really let you down. You know you're going to get something really wacky and fun. So there's definitely potential there. And then you've got Richard Linklater's Last Flag Flying, which is going to open New York. Yeah, ex-soldier guys hanging out. Sounds very uh, Linklater-y. It does. Brian Cranston, Steve Carell, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, the the, tra- the material I saw looked good. And then you have Darkest Hour, which is very Oscar-friendly with uh, Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill. Material we seem to have been over before, <laughs> but we shall see. And then what else is there? Oh, man, Mary so Magdalene. many. Mary yeah. Magdalene from Garth Davis, who was basically working on this movie, I guess, while he was in the promotional tour for Lion and all the Oscar stuff that happened with that movie. He's uh, got Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix and Chibatel Ejio for lined up. And this, I, I mean, it's a Weinstein movie. It's really hard to tell how this movie's going to work. I mean, it's a biblical story about Mary Magdalene, which either means it could be really huge given the kind of audience for that stuff, or people just don't care. But, you know, the question well, is... But we don't know whether they're inside the uh, biblically friendly beltway or, right. you know, is are they in Mel Gibson land or right. are they somewhere uh, on the other side in Martin Scorsese land? Right, right, right. Or <laughs> you know, some it's happy uh, hard to say. Um, we've got Guillermo del Toro in December uh, with Shape of Water and, and Sally Hawkins. The materials just broke this week and it looks really good. I mean, you know you're going to get something at least visually intense with him, so... That's uh, that's promising. And then we talked about um, some of the other things on, on our little list here, but uh, it is worth pointing out that Armando Iannucci finally has another film. Uh, he was obviously nominated for an Oscar for In the Loop and then went on to write Veep and then left that show, and now he's directing movies again, which is great because I kind of felt like his 
much as I enjoyed Veep, it was sort of taking him away from the possibility of continuing to evolve as a filmmaker. I've read, the, I've read the comic that this is based on, and it's it's a really dark satire and pretty twisted, so I think there's a lot of potential here. So, I'm, I'm so really it's based on a comic book? It's based, it's based on, a, I believe, a, a Russian comic book. That I, I had to kind of find a, a bootleg, bootleg English translation, but there is a, an English translation coming, so you'll get it eventually. Lady Bird is Greta Gerwig's Yes, which we debut. just heard the A24 yeah. picked up. That's exciting. It's Saoirse Ronan. And, uh, and Angelina Jolie is going to be directing again. First They Killed My Father, A Daughter of Cambodia Remembers. That's a Netflix uh, movie. It's hard for yeah. me to really think of that as being you know, a big fall movie, but I guess it's going straight to Netflix, so it's going to be big no matter what. And they're doing the fall, the fall festival, uh, you know, trek with it. And, and I'm excited to see, uh, I've been waiting for this, um, Denise Gamza Ergave's um, Kings was something she was going to do before Mustang, mm-hmm. and now she's making her English language debut with this. Uh, and it's set in Los Angeles just before the Rodney King trial with uh, Daniel Craig and Halle Berry. Yeah, so that's going to be a pretty big movie, a relative step up. And then there's a ton of documentaries that seem to have potential. That you know, We see a lot of documentaries at Sundance and, and elsewhere throughout the year, but the fall season is the time in which they can kind of leap out of nowhere. I mean, there's a Brett Morgan documentary about Jane Goodall that he's apparently been working on for a while that, you know, who knows, but that I mean, Jane Goodall is such a fascinating character it seems overdue and Aaron well he Morris. goes back he goes back in in time and digs into you know you know the kind of work he did with Kurt Cobain exactly so he's exciting yeah Errol Morris and this is like a weird this is another uh Netflix thing with with it's called Wormwood and it stars Peter Sarsgaard as a military scientist um and he gets he's part of a weapons warfare program totally bizarre but you know it's that's Errol Morris for you in a nutshell so what else do we have there's a lot of things that don't even have distribution yet so those are sort of question marks you know things like Wim Wenders has a new movie called Submergence with Alicia Vikander and James McAvoy and uh who else there's uh uh, Haifa Al-Masur, who tends to make the festival rounds with Mary Shelley, that's her English language debut with Elle Fanning, and that looks really promising, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about that, and Paul Dano is making his directorial debut, adapting Richard Ford's novel, Wildlife um, obviously you know, when an actor who's known makes their directorial debut a lot of people tend to scoff at that but Dano's a very, very well-spoken cinephile, and Obviously, his partner, Zoe Kazan, who co-stars in this, has written screenplays well, they've written, and so forth. They've both yeah. written together. I think they wrote Ruby Sparks uh, together. Clearly, it was a collaborative process. Yeah. 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 So I think that there's something to anticipate there. But the thing <laughs> is, there, there's definitely going to be something that comes out of nowhere. I mean, I always like going to the midnight section in Toronto and, you know... Those kinds of areas are the discovery section or that one thing in the Telluride lineup that right. you don't know about until you that show up. That you've never up. heard of before. Yeah, and then somebody yeah. buys it. it, it every year there is, there is something, very, something very bizarre and arcane that they dug up somewhere that isn't even on your radar, and that's what's exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hugely unpredictable time, too. I mean, especially when we're talking about Oscars, right? Because this time last year we weren't saying Moonlight is going to be the frontrunner for Best Picture. I mean, this time, meaning late July, not, you know, even into Telluride where we knew what the lineup was and it was still a question, you know. So 
maybe there's something that's going to surface there that really has the potential to catapult onto the next level. We just don't... To me, it seems like it's just... Companies have new ways of doing things that are changing up this game. Wouldn't you say it's sort of... What happened last year really shook people? And, and well, really you've got... Things. I mean, really, the big, the big story is... It, well, if we get into the, the the distribution landscape, I mean, Netflix is this mighty force that that is, you know, doing really, really disrupting uh, the way things are done. Amazon is 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 doing very well, especially on the uh, on the distribution side, and and Annapurna is getting into into the mix and taking on uh, their own distribution. There's a new team over at Focus that isn't the same as the old team. And and there there's a lot of shifting around as uh, some of the studios are 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 figuring out ways to to compete and other studios look really challenged. Yeah. No, and it's it's definitely there's a lot of shifting around happening and the fall season because it's so crowded is a nice way to sort of get a sense for where things are at because at a certain point all of the mayhem's going to fall apart and you're going to see just a few movies kind of still standing and then you'll know, you know, based on who's working on those movies who really seems to have things figured out unless of course they got lucky which can happen too so to be continued we, we will continue <laughs> and uh, uh, okay Eric onward and upward indeed have a good one with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.